Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. The human spirit is rarely satisfied. There's always another goal, another milestone to reach. Scientists with their eyes to the sky don't see a final victory. They see an endless horizon of possibilities. In the 1970s and 80s, the United States and the Soviet Union were in competition, sending small craft and rovers toward Mars to learn everything they could about a potentially brand new world. But our fascination with the right planet didn't start there. Since the late 19th century, when it was discovered that there were trenches on Mars, possibly man-made, we've wondered whether we're truly alone in the universe. Perhaps not. H.G. Wells famously wrote about a Martian invasion in his 1898 classic War of the Worlds, and our obsession with what could be up there hasn't abated. Nikola Tesla once claimed that Martians were even communicating with him via signals they sent to Earth. Dr. Hugh Mansfield Robinson also thought Martians were communicating with him. In the 1920s, Robinson had surrounded himself with as much literature as he could find about Mars. Wells' story was his favorite, but science fiction soon turned to science fact when Robinson began receiving transmissions. Though, unlike Tesla, he wasn't getting them over the air to some kind of receiver. Robinson was the receiver. He'd claimed to have made telepathic contact with the Martian race, specifically their princess, Umaruru. She told him all about her people, how their lives were not unlike those of humans on Earth. They drove cars and lived in houses. They weren't planning on a takeover of our planets either. They simply wished to exist peacefully on their own. Martian males were said to be eight feet tall, while the women came in at about a foot or two shorter. They had big ears and a lot of hair on their heads, Physical attributes vary depending on the class of Martian, the wealthier ones being much better looking than those in the lower castes. But Robinson's mental conversations could only go one way. Umaruru could beam her words at him, but not hear his in return. That's when Robinson came up with a way for him to talk to her. He called it a psychomotor meter, a device of his own making that facilitated two-way communication between Earth and Mars. Robinson allegedly even traveled to Mars using astral projection, helped along on his journey by the Martian princess. His stories about his communications with Mars did not go unnoticed, nor were they widely accepted. 
a scientist studying psychic phenomena and paranormal medium, both met with Robinson and asked him to walk them through what he'd learned from Mars. He showed the men the Martian alphabet that he had transcribed, which looked something like a child might draw. He also sang a song that Umaruru had taught him. It was comprised of bizarre shrieks and clucks, but it was only a small taste of a culture he desperately wanted to learn more about. Robinson's ultimate goal was to get a message to all of Mars, not just to the princess. Using modern technology of the time, he planned on beaming a message over radio waves to the whole Martian population. In 1926, Mars's orbit had placed it relatively close to Earth, the perfect time for Robinson to put his plan in motion. With the help of a telegraph operator, he transmitted the message, Love to Mars from Earth, Opesti Nipitia Sekomba. Those last three words didn't make any sense to anyone else in the room other than Robinson. Presumably, they were part of the Martian language he had picked up in his talks with the princess. For two years, nothing happened. The Martians sent back no response, but Robinson continued to beam telegraphs toward the stars. His next message read, Kam Ga Mar, or God is Love, in Martian. When he failed to get a reply the second time, he blamed Earth's primitive technology. So he returned to communicating via telepathy, which inspired him to start his own school devoted to teaching students how to converse using the power of the mind. The College of Telepathy opened to no fanfare. His reputation in the community had plummeted, which resulted in only two students registering to attend his new school, one of which was a dog named Nell. Robinson grew more reclusive as the years went on, especially after claiming to have spoken to the spirit of Cleopatra, who was now also living on Mars. His legacy has been mostly forgotten today, but it's worth remembering the man who believed when no one else would that there might be life on another planet, one we're only now just getting to know. And now that technology has advanced, we might not need to beam a message to whatever might be living on Mars. We could just send it along with the next rover. Or eventually even take it there ourselves. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives, with 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional. You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Some people just seem to have a cloud that follows them wherever they go. No matter how hard they try, bad news isn't far behind. Roy Sullivan knew all about trying to get out from under a cloud. Born in Virginia in 1912, Roy had, depending on how you look at it, either an extremely unlucky life or maybe the luckiest of all. He was one of 11 children, fourth in line, and didn't care much for school. But he loved the outdoors. When he was 24, he got a job as a ranger in Shenandoah National Park, which had only been established one year prior. His job of monitoring activity in the park was uneventful for the first several years, until 1942. He'd been stationed in a fire tower, looking out over an area of the park known as Miller's Head, when he found himself in the middle of a thunderstorm. As the rain pounded against the tower and the thunder rattled its frame, lightning struck. There was no lightning rod attached to the tower, but that didn't stop the bolts from hitting it over six times, causing a fire to spread. Roy ran, and as he retreated from the flames, another bolt struck, this time in his leg. A strip of flesh roughly half an inch wide ran the length of his leg all the way down to his big toe, which lost its nail in the blast. As it has often been said, lightning never strikes in the same place twice. That's not entirely true, though. While rare, lightning has definitely been known to hit an area more than once, and nobody knew more about that than Roy Sullivan. He'd serve as a park ranger for another 27 years before his luck would be tested again, this time in July of 1969. However, he wasn't high up in a fire tower like he'd been back in 1942. He was much lower to the ground, driving in his truck. Normally, a vehicle absorbs the blast from a lightning strike and protects the driver from being zapped, but Roy had been driving with his window down when the lightning hit a tree before bouncing into his truck through the open window. Roy was knocked out, and his hair was set on fire while the car rolled to the edge of a cliff and then stopped. A close call in more ways than one. A year later, Roy wasn't even in the park when he was struck by lightning for a third time. He was in his front yard. A blast arced off a nearby transformer and burned his shoulder. In 1972, he was in a ranger station when another storm resulted in a lightning strike that set his hair on fire once again. He tried putting it out in the bathroom sink, but couldn't fit his head under the tap. 
Instead, he wrapped his singed scalp in a wet towel and waited for the storm to pass before getting help. Roy started to think that something was after him, that he was being targeted by some unknown entity that was out to get him. From that point forward, he never drove during a storm, especially with the window open. He'd pull off to the side and wait for it to finish before continuing on. He avoided crowds, worried he might attract a bolt of lightning no matter where he went, and he never left home without a full container of water to put out hair fires. But for all his precautions, he couldn't escape fate. In August of 1973, he noticed a storm moving in over the park. He got into his truck to drive away, terrified of the dark cloud he swore was following him. He waited. After several minutes, it seemed the cloud had passed. When he got out to check, though, it was like someone was playing a lifelong practical joke on him. Lightning hit his left side and blew his shoe right off before jumping to his right leg. He managed to make it to his truck for his emergency water, which he used to put out the fire atop his head. Again. Things were quiet again for a few years, until 1976, when Roy hurt his ankle. But that didn't keep him out of the park. During a routine patrol, Roy watched the cloud follow him as he retreated for safety. He didn't make it in time, though. Lightning struck him and set what was left of his hair on fire. Then, in 1977, Roy broke the Guinness World Record. He was fishing in the middle of a pond when a final strike hit him on top of his head and burned him all the way down to his chest and stomach. But it wasn't the only thing threatening his life that day. A bear had wandered over to take fish that Roy had caught. Still conscious after the strike, Roy grabbed a large tree branch off the ground and smacked the bear with it, sending it back into the woods without its meal. Roy Sullivan sounds like some kind of superhero, a man capable of surviving seven lightning strikes and stopping a bear attack. But like many heroes, Roy's superpower came at a high cost. Those who knew him eventually stopped spending time with him, afraid that they too might be caught by a stray bolt from above. The rest of his life was pretty lonely, and in 1983, he passed away. And while death and lightning share some common traits— both usually come out of nowhere and happen when we least expect it. There is one major difference that Roy must have been thankful for. Death, at least, is the sort of lightning that only strikes once. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.